Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications. Welcome to Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. A lot to cover in today's program, so let's get right to it. We're going to find out some of the inner secrets of the inner circle. One of Punxsutawney Phil's handlers joins us today. So does Penn State Extension Lackawanna County Sandy Graham telling us about 4-H clubs. But first, Megan Loftus, President and CEO of the Friends of the Poor. Megan, first of all, welcome. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I noticed that uh, you don't have big feet, but you're <laughs> filling big shoes. I am. I uh, Well, my feet are much bigger than Sister Adrian's and Sister Ann Walsh's, but... <laughs> Um, so Sister Adrian was our foundress, and Sister Ann Walsh had been the CEO for the last seven to eight years, and they're just so much energy. Um, you know, this was their life's work, their ministry, and they were always go, go, go. So here I am, the first layperson stepping in, and it's a bit of a culture shock, but it's fantastic. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a tough job, but it's very rewarding. Give us a little bit of your background, Megan. Sure. So I'm from Dunmore, um, big family, and I did a little bit of um, volunteer work and studying in both Rwanda and Mexico, in the rainforest in Mexico, and kind of saw the the worst of the worst poverty and in the conditions some people were living in and thought, I want to do something about this. And then I came home and I realized that that poverty exists in Scranton too. And you don't think about it, you think about it in third world countries, but there are people here living without water, without electricity, um, barely enough food or, or clothing. So um, I thought, you know, the community that's given me so much and has always supported me, it was my turn to give back to them. So I saw the job post in the paper. I saw Sister Anne climbed up on a table and surrounded by food, and I thought, this is my calling. And I went and interviewed with them, and it was just a perfect match. And Sister Anne and I are, are like best friends. Um, we're together all the time and, and talking all the time and just trying to make a, a difference and trying to make life easier for one person at a time. Well, I guess you had one of the criteria met when you say you have a large family. So that takes care of all of the volunteers that you need for the family-to-family baskets and the and the dinner the night before. Tell us about some of the programs that a lot of people might not realize actually come from Friends of the Poor. Right. So a lot of people know about our food pantries that we operate daily, but we also have a ton of seasonal activities. Um, most well-known after that, I think, are our food giveaways with Family to Family. We do them three times a year. We're working on a fourth in the summer. Uh, we also have community dinners where um, we bring everybody in and we just have a nice, relaxing night with music and hot meals and we send hot meals home. Uh, we do educational field trips for kids. We have summer camps after school programs. Uh, we send kids to theater camp. And um, we also have family field trips just to kind of encourage family bonding where we go to a baseball game or maybe the water park. So really anything that you can think of that can ease the burden of poverty, 
we're doing it. And um, if we're not doing it, I guarantee you Sister Ann has an idea to start it. So, <laughs> and, and your number on speed dial. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> when we're talking about, again, so many of the programs, as you were mentioning them, I mean, I'm aware of Thanksgiving. That's the big one. Um, I learned that you also have another another dinner around Christmas time. Yes. So, you know, you we hear about the big ones, but I'm sure that you could also use help with some of the smaller ones, as you mentioned, kids going to camp and things like that. Sure. So um, we do have a Christmas dinner as well as a St. Patrick's Day. And then our food giveaways, we have a Christmas food giveaway and Easter food giveaway where we also do Easter baskets for kids at the same time. So that's amazing to see. Um, and we're trying to do a summer one. Most people don't think of the fact that, you know, poverty's even harder in the summer because the weather is nice and we're, we're thinking about vacations. But children aren't in school anymore, so childcare costs increase. Um, if you're in Scranton, the kids are getting breakfast and lunch for free. Now that's two more meals per day per kid parents have to cover. So we see a lot of increased need in the summer. We're trying to meet that. Um, and then summer camps, we send the kids up to Keystone College for a STEM camp where they learn all about, um, you know, they play in the creek and they learn about different ecosystems and they have uh, these connects where they learn how to build bridges and music class and pottery. And it's it's great to get our kids out of the city and to see um, what even local colleges offer. And then we also have a summer lunch for kids where we partner with the CEO Weinberg Food Bank. And at seven locations, five days a week, we offer free lunch to kids 18 and under. Um, just to kind of ease that burden of, you know, school was offering lunch and now they're not. So at least we can offer a few meals. That's something I don't think a lot of people realize when you talk about children in Scranton. We don't think of that as city as in New York or L.A., because there are trees around. But that right. must be a big, a bit of a difference for a child who grows up with sidewalks and then goes someplace where you don't have those sidewalks. Absolutely. So it's called Camp Connections, and we do it in partnership with Keystone College and funded by the Weinberg Foundation. And um, we joke that it's the city kids and the country kids because we also have Lackawanna Trail students there. And so they get together and talk about the differences of, you know, when they go outside and play the trail kids in their backyard, they have this huge field. When our kids leave Jackson Terrace or Valley View Terrace, they're still in that development. It's still all roads and sidewalks and there's a few trees, but there's not a big play area. Um, so the kids really love getting able to play in the creek and just the huge rolling fields on the campus and um, you know, Scranton, I think, is a great school district, but it, it they don't have a lot of extracurriculars that our kids can partake in. So them having um, pottery classes and having cooking lessons and all of these things that they don't get to do in school is something fun and different, but they're still learning. And again, who would think the difference is probably a 45-minute drive right. from sidewalks to no sidewalks? Right. It's it's definitely a little bit of a shock for the kids when they first get there, but by the end of it, they love it. They're singing songs on the buses. They're having snack up and down, and they love their bus monitor. It's like their new best friend. So it's really a great program, um, and mostly what we need volunteers for with that is um, to help the kids get on the bus in the morning, make sure we have everybody there who's supposed to be there, and then the kids who don't go to camp are the ones that we serve lunches to in the developments that day. So we always need volunteers for our summer lunch program as well. Well, let's talk about those volunteers because like I said, it's always Thanksgiving, Christmas time that people hear about all of these and, and come out and say, we're going to get our group together. But there's Megan 
the rest of the year saying, hello, I could use a little help, family, come on down. So how does somebody get involved? My family jokes that I they're always voluntold when they have to do things when I need more. Um, but my, my family's great. I, I really appreciate them. But year-round, we have something to do. Um, we have satellite pantries, six satellite pantries that are only open maybe two times a month that we need volunteers to help hand out the food and sign people in. Um, we need people to have summer lunches for kids, um, even to help us pick up food from the food bank. We could have so much more fresh produce if we had somebody who could drive our truck to and from the food bank. I mean, it's just from Scranton to Pittston, but to find somebody willing to do that one or two days a week, it's difficult. So anybody who wants to get involved, feel free to call or email us. Um, our office number for our administrative office is 570-340-6086. And they'll get Ann Williams and, you know, she will... Put them right on a job. She's great. Um, and they can also check out our website, email us. Um, like I said, we always have something to do. And if you're looking for a project for the weekend, we could probably organize our warehouse. You know, we just, the, the work never ends. And there's always something to do, whether it's directly with the clients or um, kind of background. But there's always something. So if someone, especially when I'm thinking about students who might need to get their um they have community service projects that have to be done, especially seniors, even the local college students. You'd be somebody that they'd be able to give a phone call to? Absolutely. Yeah, the college students, we typically try to get them involved in the pantry just to see what's going on um, in our city. If a high school age student, if we don't have an actual event going on, like after school hours, we can always do something on the weekend, um, prepping for maybe our next dinner. You know, when we have these huge dinners, there are awesome to see, but you don't think of every one of those supplies is packed in our warehouse and we have to get it out, count it, and pack it. So we can always use help. And something tells me that you've already started planning for the next, the next, next, next one. Oh, you know what? The it's. I was very thankful that Easter is later this year because we get a little <laughs> bit of a break in between, but um, it it's still, it's so great to see. Last year at Easter, we had over 2,000 Easter baskets donated from local businesses and schools. And, you know, that really means something to our kids. Our, our kids, when they go into school and say that, that their classmates got extra gifts from Santa or got an Easter basket or something that they didn't get, um, little kids don't understand that. They don't know why they didn't get it. So just to be able to take that um, burden off the parents and also to make the kids day a little bit brighter and let them be innocent that much longer is just it really means a lot to us now as far as the children are concerned do you get them from the school district from churches from how how would someone with a child who might be hearing this saying wow megan sounds like she's she's got it all together and i want to get into part of that how would they do that um, so in terms of our clients, we're located in the family housing developments in Scranton. So that's where most of the kids that we serve come from. But we're open to anyone and anyone who needs help to come with us. In terms of people who want to volunteer, um, we kind of do all of the different volunteer fairs in the community to try to drum up support. Um, we get a lot of calls from people who are in, you know, confirmation classes or senior projects, like you said. Um, but Scranton Prep and Bishop, uh, well, not Bishop O'Hara, it's Holy Cross now. Um, those That's students you have, came from Dunmore. Yeah. Gave that away. <laughs> <laughs> those students always have service hours to do. Um, and then I, I really dig my alma mater of Dunmore High School and try to drum up some students from there as well. So really anyone who wants to get involved, we always have things going on. We're always posting to our Facebook, letting you know what's coming next. So just check us out on the internet and 
Like I said, even if you don't see anything posted, I promise you I can find something. Even for the students that you're, um, that the children that you deal with and take to the camp and take to the other, is there any kind of a charge for them? Nothing. No. Um, we fundraise very hard throughout the year to make sure that, um, that nobody's excluded and that everybody is treated equal. There's no payment at all for camp, so it, it doesn't really matter the child's economic background because we don't want to differentiate between them. But um, just from my experience, you know, every single kid who comes to our camp needs it and they can't afford it otherwise, whether they live in the development or somewhere else. So um, it's really just a great program and it's supposed to kind of stop that summer summer slide where they forget what they learn during the year and, and they're playing and not realizing they're learning, but they're learning. So um, that was really Sister Adrian's mission, and then Sister Anne kind of took off and started the camp with Keystone, and then I'm just sliding in, making sure it all keeps working, and, and trying to start some more after-school programs in the meantime, because we realize that the students really need some homework help and some guidance after school, and if they can see, we have so many local colleges and universities, and if they can see what we have in this area, what they offer, and that it's a possibility for them, that's that's one more kid that we kind of shove in the right direction well um, a gentle a gentle shove is uh in this day and age probably a very good thing when we're talking about again at christmas time and you have the dinner and then you have the family or not at christmas but at thanksgiving the dinner the family to family you also are involved with an interdenominational interfaith service now you have something like that that's coming up on monday for Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Yes. So there is a um, group in Scranton called the Greater Scranton MLK Commission. And year-round, they plan wonderful activities for this Martin Luther King weekend. And we are involved in that um, insofar as, you know, we go to all of the events and, and we try to bring some of our students. But we have a small piece of that weekend with a Friends of the Poor activity that we're calling um, a mini-march. So we're bringing our students, um, any students who want to be involved, to St. Mary Center on Monday, the 21st. And from 11 to 1, the Geisinger uh, medical students are going to be there. And we're going to teach the kids about peaceful activism and, and what Dr. King did throughout his life and why it's important. Um, you know, we're not pushing that you should believe this or, or that. We're just saying, you know, peaceful activism is important and respecting everybody's views is important. And there's a way to have um, intelligent but respectful conversations surrounding some really difficult issues um, and still come out as friends at the end. So what the kids will do is they'll learn about that. Um, they'll make little signs. And then after lunch, we'll have a birthday cake for Dr. King. And then we'll do a little mini march around the parking lot where, you know, they can chant, they can hold their signs, they can sing, they can do whatever they want about whatever they want, so long as it's done respectfully. And that's really the main point. What age group are you going to be dealing with? 12 and under. Under? Yes. So first they have to learn who he is. Yes. Yeah, so the first part of the lesson will be learning about Dr. King, who he is and what he did, um, and why uh, nonviolence and peaceful activism was important. And, you know, we're prepared to field the difficult questions. There's There's been some not-so-peaceful activism in the last few years, um, both in the United States and abroad. So we're prepared to field those questions and talk about, you know, yes, that happened, but, but people got hurt. And the point of disagreeing is not to get hurt. It's to, um, you know, hear everybody's side. And, and maybe somebody has a point that you agree with, and maybe they have something you disagree with, but then your opinion evolves. And that's the important part is to have that discussion. And, you know, if you want to make a sign that says, 
everyone should chew gum 24-7 and that's your belief, that's fine, but it has to be done respectfully. So um, I think the kids will have a great time. They're, they love the birthday cake for Dr. King. They love doing any arts and crafts. And we also always invite the Scranton Police Department. And they're really involved in walking around, talking to the kids, and teaching them what it means to be a public servant, why that kind of job is important, and also just fostering a great relationship between the kids and the police officers so that they trust them and um, they know that this is a resource you can go to if you need help. And if you have any questions, um, really they're there to help. So. And where and when is this? This is Monday the 21st at St. Mary Center from 11 to 1. So if anybody is driving by and they ha- see them, they can beep the horn? They can beep the horn. They can wave. They'll, they'll see me marching around, probably 75 little kids, and wonder, who's that crazy woman? But <laughs> it's me. Don't panic. And it'll, it'll really be a great time. You know, to see the kids um, learn something from each event that we do, that's the that's the goal. And it's also, to me, so awe-inspiring because it's something they're going to remember into the future. And if they get involved in a conversation where people are being negative or mean to one another, they know, they're going to know how to step in and diffuse and say, you know, hey, that's your opinion and that's great and this is mine. Um, so that's really the main point and I think we can all use a little bit more of that today. So, Well, I can see why you're in this position. Oh. First of all, you had the family. Second of all, you have the personality. Oh, thank you. You have the, the, the personality. You make people feel comfortable. Your predecessors said at some point in time, Megan Loftus, you're going to be filling our shoes and not have any problem. Thank you. <laughs> I, I joke that coming from a large Irish family, I'm also the youngest in my family and the only girl. So you have to talk quick, fast, and loud to get heard. And that's what I'm used to doing. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I could see that on your resume, too. Quick, fast, loud, only child or youngest child of all how many boys? Three, um, and then now I have four step-siblings as well, so now we're a big old family of eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it, somebody wants to get in touch with you, with the folks at Friends of the Poor, either to make a donation of money or time, how would they go about doing that? Sure, so I would easiest way is to check out our website. It's FOTP-IHM, so first letters of Friends of the Poor-IHM for our Immaculate Heart of Mary connection. Dot org, And on that is all of our contact information, a donate button, uh, what's coming up. And you can see um, our phone number and our email at the bottom if you have more questions, feel free. My phone is glued to me, so I'm sure I'll answer you within 24 hours. When Sister Ann doesn't have you on speed dial. That's true, <laughs> and yeah. Talking, and is coming up with some new projects. Absolutely. And I do try to sleep eight hours a night, so... <laughs> just just that time frame. Thanks again to Megan Loftus from Friends of the Poor for joining us. Coming up next, 4-H clubs throughout Lackawanna County. Don't go away. Welcome back to Special Edition. 4-H clubs, they're still around and thriving. Penn State Extension Lackawanna County Sandy Graham tells us about the programs and all the clubs available. 4-H and the Extension is really a USDA program, and it's run through the land-grant universities in each state, ours being Penn State. So Penn State then gets an extension in each county. So I'm in Lackawanna County. I do the 4-H, and I coordinate that part. We also have other extension educators in our counties. So we do different things. You might have heard of Master Gardening Program. We have 4-H. We have Prosper Programming. We have Growing Stronger. Um, We have other 
kinds of agricultural-based programs depending on the counties. Some are regional, some are just countywide, but it's all run through Penn State Extension. So 4-H, what is that? 4-H is the youth organization that is run through the Ag Center and the Extension. It's for kids who are between the ages of 5 and 18. Our 5 to 7-year-olds are called Clover Buds, and our 8 to 18-year-olds our 4-H members that work on different projects. Many are agricultural-based. Traditionally, that's how it was. But as we evolve, we have a lot of STEM projects. We have a lot of creative art projects. We still have the agricultural projects, which might be preparing some of the members for learning to be a veterinarian. So they have some projects like that. But it might also be just animal care, whether it be a pet, a dog, a cat, or horses, alpaca, whatever they're interested in. Well, I think when people hear 4-H, they normally think of, as you said, students, agricultural, mm-hmm. getting involved in things like the Pennsylvania Farm Show. Correct. Lackawanna County sent two members, sent down some sewing projects. We had one of the young ladies one first in her division, which was the coordinates, um, and she had an outfit done. The other young woman sent about six projects. She had four second places and one third place. Wow. So our sewers in Lackawanna County are doing some pretty neat stuff. That is that is really something because, again, I know when I was growing up, my mom made the prom dresses, mm-hmm. made the Halloween costumes, all those. And it's really becoming such a dying art. We hear that a lot because not as many people sew, I think, but I think the kids are into it. In Lackawanna County, we have two sewing clubs that are just for sewing. And then I, we also have a more of a community club, a creative arts club, and the kids are enjoying the basics. They're, they're a little bit younger, and they're very beginner sewers, but they're starting to pin some patterns and learn. So they're interested. The kids are interested because of different shows that are on TV. It got them reinterested and reinvigorated the whole sewing part of it. Now, when they when you talk about sewing, are you talking about hand stitching, machine stitching? Yes. Both? Yes. And we have some quilters, some um, things like projects like button art that we're actually sewing. Sometimes you can, but sometimes we sew it. Um, they're doing things like community service. Last year, our club did a community service. We, we made pillowcases. We had some adults in the community help us. And we donated those to children and youth for the foster kids who maybe could take their pillowcase if they had to be moved from a placement. But they was something that they would always have. Now, how do students get involved in things like this? Things like Pinterest. Oh. And Project Runway. The internet has a lot of different things for the kids who are creative. And they find that kind of stuff. Then sometimes they find us through the 4-H groups for looking online for what they can do locally. So do you go into the schools? We go into the schools. We have school enrichment programs. So we have teachers who might ask us to come in, um, and we could do a program, or the teacher can do the program in their classroom too. 
because we have the materials for them to be independent on it. Some of those programs are more of the STEM variety. Um, for example, I have a rain to drain program, which is about how rainwater flows. Oh, and that is going into two schools in the county during the school year. So that's an example of of a school enrichment. Because it almost sounds again, it's bringing back memories of when we had home ec. Yes. And which home ec is now called family and consumer sciences. Oh, sorry, I didn't That's know okay. that. <laughs> it's okay. Not many people know that. Home ec or family and consumer sciences is required by the state to have some standards in the middle school and the high school. So each school should have some variety, but schools attack that in a different way, so to speak. What our clubs do is mostly it's after school or we have students members who just want to form a club. So they can join an existing club or some they can form their own club. And as far as instruction, maybe there is someone who is a home sewer. And if they do sew at home, they think maybe I can't teach it. But you, you do know more than an eight-year-old knows. Mm-hmm. So they might be a leader and then we can foster that. And what we do as leaders for the leaders through Penn State Extension is we have leader forms and we have trainings that any leader can access for all the different areas of projects that we have. So if someone is listening, and in particular in your area, which is Lackawanna County, Mm -hmm. and they think, well, you mentioned quilting, and quilting is especially when you have things like the Bloomsburg Fair, and you go to places and you have, and you already mentioned that some of these fantastic sewers are winning. So if someone will take quilting as an example, thinks this is something that I would like to pass on, can they contact you? Absolutely. And, And what would you do then? Well, I would get them through some of the leader and volunteer training. So that's first because we do have a high priority for safety for all the kids. So they do have to be a screened leader. Um, I would get them first with that. And then we could do something like advertise. We use Facebook, we use Instagram, we use press releases. And sometimes I get phone calls of kids who are, hey, I want to learn how to sew. And we would get a club to form. And the leaders can really pick the days, the times, the length of the club. They can meet all year round for once a month. They could meet weekly for three months, totally up to the leader, because we want them to be comfortable with their time. What about as far as monetary is concerned? Because again, a lot of these different projects that you're talking about, you're going to have to consider materials. Correct. Well, to be a member in 4-H, it's $20. But we also have an opportunity fund too, so that if there's a family that can't afford it, we have some monies that they can apply for. For materials, depending on what they're making, for the very beginner, we do have some materials. If someone's going to make a prom gown, then they will buy their own materials. So depending on the garments and the the extent of it. But we try to do get donations for some of our um, smaller projects. And things like when we did the pillowcases, mm-hmm. we had a lot of people donate fabric, which was great. Yeah, it would give it would give everybody a, a little bit of something. Absolutely. And as you're talking about this, one of the things that I immediately go to is local theater, because there's always costumes being made and have to be altered. And do you have any interest in in anything coming out of that? 
Oh, well, again, three of my, um, three of some of our members who are in the sewing program have worked with their schools to make the pro- the costumes for their school plays. Wow. So they go out and they can do that because they have the experience. So they've done, it's nice for them to do little outreach and then they're helping their own schools. Well, I'm going to have to keep you in mind because I always said if I win a big award, a Tony, an Oscar, a Grammy, a something, I would. I always think it would be an, a wonderful opportunity to turn it back to local students and say, design a dress, make mm-hmm. a dress, and then talk about it when you have that whole world watching Watch. something mm-hmm. like that. Absolutely. And one of the second place winners did win second place in her the create your own project so at the farm show she did a lace um penguins jersey but it was black and yellow and it had the penguins emblem on it it was really really cute yeah that's a and and again we're talking teenagers here Mm mm-hmm so they there see there's we're not giving them as much credit as they should have. No, we're not. We're not. They are they're pretty good when they put their mind to what they want to learn, they can master the subject. Yes. When now we've talked about sewing, what about some of the other aspects of the of the other clubs that you have? Well, right now in Lackawanna County, we don't have a lot of clubs. We're still building. Um, but we have two clubs that are cooking clubs. So they do cooking projects. And last night was one of the clubs, and they did um, a variety of things. They did a lemon meringue pie. <gasps> they did a raspberry coffee cake. And they did a ragotha gnocchi and an apple strudel. I'm kind of disappointed were get, you they didn't were a bring bit any more. in this morning. They ate it all. <laughs> <laughs> so we have cooking clubs. We have a horse club, Valley Equestrian Horse Club. And then they do, they meet weekly They'll start probably in a month or so, and then they work on skills, but they work on other club leadership things, and then they do a county show and a district horse show, or maybe they go to the state um, horse show. Wow. Now, with all of these different clubs and the opportunity to start something that people are interested in, how do they go about getting in touch with you? Well, a couple th- couple ways they can call me and say, hey, what do you have available? Or they can say, I am an expert in, which is always great because we can find something. If you are, we have a photography program. Um, we have engineering, an engineering challenge that will be coming up, that will be gearing up for the summer. We have a lot of interest in cake decorating. And we'll do a camp for that in the summer. A camp? We'll do a one-day camp oh. where we'll play and cake decorate. Uh, maybe it's coding. So we have a lot of coding programs that we can do. So anybody who has any interest will probably have the gamut. I could find you some kids that would be interested in joining. And do they come to you a lot of times and say, Sandy, we really want to do this? And we They do. We do. We're going to, um, the Master Gardeners and 4-H, we're going to have a volunteer fair at the Marketplace of Steamtown at the end of this month and hopefully we will get some volunteers who say hey this is my skill and how can i help some kids learn it so if they can't get to a fair like that they can just give me a call or send me an email and you're on facebook and we're on facebook lackawanna county 4-h lackawanna county pa 4-h 
and Instagram and, and Instagram all those. and yep and word of mouth and word of mouth. So for a, a student, there is no there's the, a twenty dollar to join 4-H, and mm-hmm. then after that. You Some, just have to make the meetings? You make the meetings. So you need to be at half of the meetings to be a member in good standing. And a member in good standing means that when we have our annual achievement night, then you get recognized for achieving that project area that you have done. But we also have different Clover Awards. So when you do something that is a county event, and a county event might be our Lackawanna County Fair that's coming up. Um, it might be a fundraiser for the county. You can you kind of move up the ladder of the level of clovers that you can get. So there's state events. We have a great state event that's coming up the beginning of February at State Leadership Conference, and it's my favorite event of the whole year. But um, the kids go if they're 13. And 18, they go for three days, and they have a conference, and they learn leadership skills and interview skills and goal setting, and they work on themselves for three days so that they can be better. We have a state leadership junior. That is a one-day event for the students, our members, who are 10 to 13. And they go for one day, and they have the same kind of an experience scaled down a little bit. And it's all about leadership and all about building great communication skills and great skills for these kids. 13 years old and already pl- already putting your resume together. Putting it out there, yep. And it's about showing them that they do have a lot to offer. Well, you've just shown me that they have a lot to offer and you have a lot to offer as well. Well, thank you. Thanks to Sandy Graham, Penn State Extension, Lackawanna County, and 4-H Clubs. Now, don't go away. When we come back on Special Edition, the Stump Warden getting ready for Groundhog Day. Welcome back to Special Edition. We track down Ron Ploucha. He's the Stump Warden of the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club. Groundhog Day right around the corner. Maybe it's on your bucket list. Ron has the details and what to expect. Because the first thing that I have to ask you is, what's a Stump Warden? What is a Stump Warden? Everybody asks me that. Good. Um, I've been in the club for many, many years. And when I entered the club back in the late 90s, I guess it was, the the president at the time, um, that's his duty to give me my official title. And his title was Wind Warden. So I don't know if he used that and groundhogs come out of the stump or whatever, but I officially became the stump warden. So that name has stuck with me. So does that mean that you are Punxsutawney Phil's chief cook and bottle washer, have to make sure that the interior's clean all the time? That could be it. But, you know, officially back in the early days of my career in the club, I was on stage all the time. So I was sort of like Phil's personal bodyguard when he was in the stump. And so if there was any danger from coming from the crowd direction, my job was to throw my body over the stump. Uh, in Protectville. I, actually, they gave me a pair of Kevlar underwear to wear. And so if you can picture that, I would be over the stump facing, well, not facing, but facing away from the crowd. Uh, uh, so that was sort of my uh, my duty at the time. So hopefully that never happened. No, I'm, I'm glad because those Kevlar underwear were really uncomfortable. Too. What is the history 
of the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club? Well, it goes back a long way, back in the 1800s, and the club actually formed <laughs> as a hunting club. Uh, they would hunt groundhogs, <gasps> get together, Does and oh, yeah, know that? get together and cook them. But the the actual Groundhog Day, the whole thing about Groundhog Day, is a um, sort of a takeoff from a European holiday called Candlemas Day. And um, on Candlemas Day, which happens to be the middle of winter and spring, is right in the middle, and so is Groundhog Day. Um, uh, There was a saying that if the sun shone on Candlemas Day, there would be two winters. And so the German folks who settled in our area sort of brought that idea with them and uh, being that there were lots of groundhogs in the area you got to consider now if the sun's shining those groundhogs are going to see their shadow right right and so if the groundhog sees a shadow there's going to be a second winter or six more weeks of winter and that's how it all started and so we've kept this thing going now this is our 133rd year coming up Wow. One of the oldest celebrations in the country, if not the world. Wow. Yeah, I didn't realize. A hundred and thirty. Now, it it certainly has evolved because this has now become not only Groundhog Day, but it is a groundhog almost way of life. Oh, it is. Um, We've become an international event. And we do have folks who follow us sincerely throughout the year. Uh, they make pilgrimages to Punxsutawney just to come to Gobbler's Knob to see Phil. And so, yes, uh, it's sometimes hard to explain, but uh, um, just a silly little thing has become a really important part of people's lives. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Is there any way to explain the devotion? Because, again, having been to Punxsutawney for the first time recently, it's a wonderful area. There are statues of Phil in different garb throughout the entire area, and it's it's just so welcoming, but who would have ever thought that this would have come from this simple little Groundhog? It is. It's, it's hard to explain, and I sometimes tell people, you know, Groundhog Day is uh, it's not really a serious event. We just have a lot of serious fun, and you got to understand that. And it is a break away from all the troubles in the world and troubles in your life. If only for one day, just come and celebrate and have fun. And then, you know, those troubles are going to come back. Don't worry, they'll be back. But <laughs> at least you can forget about them and, and enjoy. But, of course, the Groundhog movie, uh, which has become one of the most popular movies of all time, um, even though it's 25, 26 years now, um, that really put us on the map worldwide. Uh, so as soon as the movie came out, our crowds went from a, a thousand or two to tens and 20,000 and, and even higher than that. This year, we could have our largest crowd ever. We are um, anticipating a huge crowd turnout because it's Saturday morning. Absolutely. Uh, and we are so sold out of virtually all of our tickets uh, for everything. Wow, so, that's great. Uh, if you're planning to come... Um, you can still come. I mean, you don't need a ticket to get into Gobbler's Knob, but our extra events, are most of those are sold out. And you do have a wonderful website, groundhog.org? We, we do. We, In fact, we just launched a new website here just several weeks ago. And so any of your listeners who would like to take a look at 
um, what goes on can right, go right to our website. There's a schedule of events. In fact, the first thing you'll see, there's a yellow banner at the top that'll say the banquet, the, the ball, um, our hospitality village, all of those things are sold out. There are no tickets remaining. Uh, parking passes are gone. Uh, but again, you can ride a bus. We have a, we have 80 buses running, uh, shuttle buses. To and, give you an idea of the size of our crowd. And again, it's just the, the camaraderie of, of everybody getting together. Well, okay, now I have to ask you this. Okay. And I promise I won't tell anybody. <laughs> What's up with the inner circle? Who makes this up and who comes up oh, and boy. gets to talk to Phil about the prediction? Okay, the inner circle, there are 15 of us. We're the guys who wear the top hats and tuxedos. We are actually the board of directors of the International Groundhog Club. Everybody can join the Groundhog Club for a fee. Uh, and again, you can check that out on our website. Um, we each have different jobs, and uh, I had the opportunity and the privilege of serving as Phil's handler for six years. I retired from that job a couple years ago because I am the oldest member of the inner circle. I hate to say that, but I am. And so the, the responsibility of, of, of caring for Phil and taking him everywhere that he needs to be became a little challenging for me. Um, I have grandkids, and I needed my time to spend with them, so I passed the handler job on to a younger member. Uh, but each member has different jobs. One, one, one guy's in charge of, of Gobbler's Knob, making sure the area is prepared. Uh, we have a marketing director. We have, of course, a president. Um, my job, I have a couple different jobs. One of my jobs is to um, analyze and process the ambassador nominations and uh, decide if people are, are worthy for that distinction. And I'm also in charge of the Stump Warden Soup Kitchen, which is a, a big event. That'll be the day after Groundhog Day. So, yeah, again, we all have jobs. But we are selected when, uh, when a, a member either moves away from the area or passes away. That's the only way you get out of the ground. <laughs> the Once only way in, you get out. So. <laughs> the only way you get out. <laughs> and, and you mentioned you mentioned the fact that you are also involved. It's not just Groundhog Day. But oh my, no. Your oh, organization no. is involved in so many fundraisers yes. and yes. and so many other things. You know, Phil Phil is uh, Phil's presence is required a lot of times throughout the year. As as his handler, I took him to so many different events, school events, uh, visits. We'd go to nursing homes. We'd go to corporate events. We'd go to major sporting events. I mean, we were special guests of the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Altoona Curve. Um, and he just draws a crowd no matter where he goes. So people know that. And uh, so we try to accommodate as many requests as possible. Um, I would say during the year, Phil probably has 100 to 150 appearances. So, yeah, it's more than just Groundhog Day for us. And if if anybody is listening and, unfortunately, they can't make it to the actual Punxsutawney Groundhog celebration this year, is there any way, is it through the website, that people might be able to help out some of the other organizations that you also help out by bringing Phil to uh, different events and things like that? Well, if you're not going to be at, at Punxsutawney and would like to see what goes on, um, the Pennsylvania Cable Network actually carries um, the festivities live 
from 6 o'clock, I believe, 6 o'clock a.m. right through the prediction. Um, and, yes, you can go, again, on our website, uh, any information you want. I believe there might be a live streaming. I'm not sure. I'm not into that phase, but I think they live stream the event. Um, there are contact uh, information on there as well. So uh, the website is probably the place to go. All right. Now, my other question that I promise I won't tell anybody okay. the answer to. Where do you learn groundhoggies? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I was a handler, okay? I was with Phil every day, and even I couldn't speak groundhoggies. <gasps> um, the only way we can we kind of communicated is if I did something he didn't like, he'd bite me. <laughs> That's how we communicated. So I lost a lot of blood. I have a lot of scars in my hands. Um, so when you become president of the Groundhog Club, you are presented with this very special cane. That's the one that he taps on the door with. Right. It's made of acacia wood. And this cane has been passed down through the years. And that cane gives the president the power to speak groundhog eat. Oh. Yeah, that's how it works. Now, let me tell you what happened here. When I was handler back probably about six or seven years ago, our president went through the whole process, and he interpreted Phil's prediction as being an early spring. Okay, now, we were at the end of March, and we're still at zero degrees and it's snowstorms and everything else, and we're getting all kind of uh, questions, and I'm appearing on national television shows trying to defend Phil's prediction, and we discovered that actually Phil, does, Phil never makes a mistake. Uh, the president misinterpreted what he said. Oh. And so what we ended up, we had to send our president uh, for a six-weeks refresher course up in the Himalayan mountains that summer. And we think that he got him straightened out. In fact, we, we, we told him during the six weeks there would be no beer involved. So he really studied hard. Oh, so make those mistakes ever again. So it's not it's not an extra credit class at any of the colleges oh, no. in the Punxsutawney oh, no, no. area. No, to, it's a secret place in the Himalayas that that only that does this this uh, uh, groundhog ease. And actually, it's not a spoken language; it's a language of facial expressions and eye movements and and bite marks, things like that. And bite marks. Yeah. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Ron, for the folks who have never been there, is there any way that you can kind of give us a feel for what this is all like? It's like better than Christmas Eve as a kid, even. It's it's like everybody's anticipating. A lot of people like fireworks, but I'll bet most of your listeners have never seen fireworks at 6.30 in the morning <laughs> that are going off directly over your head. They're not like at a distance. And it's just spectacular. I can't use any other words for that. It's it's amazing. Is that and before or after the prediction? No, that's before. <gasps> that would be before. No wonder he doesn't want to come out yeah. of his burrow. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, this year we have one of the military groups that will be singing the national anthem, which is going to be in itself spectacular. It's hard to explain or describe it. You almost have to be there. Uh, a lot of people put Groundhog Day on their bucket list. It's something that you've got to experience one time in your life. As well you should. Now, can you do one favor for me? I sure can. Can you whisper in Phil's ear and tell him not to make a mistake and tell the president not to misunderstand I can, and make it early I spring? I, I can whisper in his ear, at which time he'll just turn around and bite me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hopefully Phil's going to give us some good news, but we never know. We, well, we just pretty much take what we get, and that's it. 
Tell him from me. I'll 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 make sure I clean his burrow. Yeah, again, he won't really care, but I'll I'll tell him that anyway. Thanks to Ron Plaucha, Stump Warden of the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club, for joining us today with some fun Phil facts. Also to Sandy Graham on 4-H clubs in Lackawanna County and Megan Loftus, President and CEO, Friends of the Poor. Thanks for listening to Special Edition a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. A production of Intercom Communications. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.